0: Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by our good friends at Blue Water Climate Control. As the summer heat rises, humidity, and everything kicks in, make sure your air condition is at full tilt, full strength. That's what you need. You need all the cool air you can get this time of year. Blue Water Climate Control can make sure that happens for you. Whether you need a clean out, whether you need a system tune up, whatever you need, they can take care of it at Blue Water Climate Control. They're going to send out the right guy to do the right job the right way the first time Not a sales guy, but a repair guy. That's at Blue Water Climate Control. Check them out online at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com or give them a buzz at 865-299-2290. Whole gang's all here. Back to regular strength with Austin Price and Rob Lewis, Print Hubs. Glad to have you along as SEC media days are underway. Tennessee and Josh Heupel will meet the media uh, in just a little bit, and obviously we'll have full coverage of that coming away. Um, guys, I think we all believe that quarterback is probably going to be the most asked question to Josh Heupel, but Rob, let me ask you this. Everybody talks about winning the day, winning the press conferences and all these things, but what, what's Josh Heupel trying to accomplish in his first media day appearance? What's the tone he's trying to set? You think?
1: I mean, just the, it's a new day. I mean, the, the, the positive energy would be what I would say something that, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying Jeremy was negative or anything, but I don't, I don't think he really cared about projecting and, you know, being the face of a program, selling it. I think, I think Hypo cares. I mean, I think, I mean, I, and I'm not, I'm also not saying that it's the most important thing in the world. I mean, you got to win football games, right. but, but I, but I do think Josh cares about public perception about putting, you know, trying to sell the brand to, to let, you know, fans, recruits, just you know, people in, observers of college football in general, to let them know what he's about, what this program is about. And I, and I think he wants to be – and to me, I guess, at least from what I've seen so far, he wants to be positive. I mean, not like just rah-rah, everything's great, but just you know, positive. Things are, are what they are, but we're working and, and we're going to turn this thing around.
0: Yeah, that was, was going to be my follow-up. And, Austin, you can jump in here as well with Rob. Where, If you're Josh Heupel, where is that line of be patient with with us versus, hey, we're moving in the right direction, we're going to be exciting on offense. And, and selling some things that way. How, how do you balance that line, or how important is it for Josh Heupel to balance that line for the Tennessee fan base, not the national media, but the Tennessee fan base?
2: Well, I think that the best thing that Josh Heupel could do is just come in and talk about what they're going to try to get done and not talk about, well, you know, this is your zero, or, you know, we, we were left with nothing, or, like, nobody wants to hear that. Not a soul wants to hear that because that's all they've heard for a decade, is, is, is the year zero and all that stuff. So I think the best thing you can do is come in and say, hey, we're going to keep, you know, our stuff to score points. Our plans are to be exciting, be competitive, and, uh, you know, just trying to change the culture in, in Knoxville. Uh, I mean, you know, I just don't think anybody wants to hear any of that, like, you know, well, wait till next year talk. Well, I think everybody understands Tennessee's not going to be a – 9-10 win football team this year. So don't come out there trying to set low expectations. Just come out there and just talk about what you want to try to accomplish in your first year.
0: Rob, how does Josh Heupel answer the quarterback question? How do you think he? How do you think he? How do you think he addresses that?
1: Oh, I don't think there'd be anything close to the just finish wide advantage. open. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think he'll even you know, narrow it down to two. I mean, I think it, I think what you said, wide open, would be my strong suspicion. Don't you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can do anything any different than that. I mean, I think he'll be asked about when do you want to narrow it down. And I, I think he will be as vague as he can be throughout all that process. Um, you know, because I don't think they have any answer. I don't think that's, I don't think that's lying. I just think that's where they're at. Uh, but before they, I mean, one guy's in the quarterback competition and Joe Milton, and he's never done anything, you know, in a team setting or a team practice. So, Uh, I I think that's an easy answer for for Josh Heupel. And I'm with you, Rob. I just think that these things are a bit overblown. I think Austin would probably agree that that you probably make too much out of, you know, what somebody says or or doesn't say, you know, in in a media day. I I think the coach's belief is let's just kind of get through it without making headlines. You know, let's make sure we don't say anything we don't need to say and, and don't make any headlines that, you know, everybody's going to be talking about us for two or three days afterwards because um, you, you just don't want to hear that. Um, you, you don't want to be that group, I, I guess. Uh, on to other bigger things to, to me, uh, as, as Greg Sankey took the podium um, on Monday to talk, that two things jump out to me, and, and I want to get your reaction to, to both of them. One is he said 16, over the last year, sixteen hundred FBS scholarship athletes entered the transfer portal. Eleven hundred of those are still in the portal. How surprising is that number
1: to you guys? I guess the, the, the total number is is pretty high. The fact, but I mean, you talked about this. I mean, I I mean, I'm sure other people did too. But I can definitely remember you talking about it. Is you know, a lot of these kids are, are in for a harsh dose of reality. And I, I'm surprised it's eleven hundred but I'm not surprised it's a big number.
0: Austin, does that slow it down, or is there enough guys finding other places to play that everybody's going to be talking about? They're not going to talk about the 1,100 that didn't find a place to play. They're going to talk about who left a power five to go to a power five and had success. But do you think that 1,100 number slows any transfer movement down in the coming year, or do you think that number is going to be even higher because so many kids signed and went somewhere a year ago without ever seeing it,
2: I think it'll be about the same. Uh, I think you'll, you'll, in certain instances you're going to see coaches be able to show those statistics and and stop a kid from leaving. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's you know all about your self worth and and what you think you're worth. Like a lot of these kids think they're better than they are, or a lot of these think kids think they're worth more than they are when it comes to the, to the NIL. So you're going to hear more about somebody getting paid $20,000 versus the 70 kids that got nothing or pennies. You know, I, you're going to hear more about the kids that go from Ohio State to Alabama and very few about the kids that left Alabama and, you know, are stuck in the portal. I, I just think ultimately, you know, uh, the, wor- the what a kid feels like he's worth, both NIL-wise and transfer portal-wise, is a bit inflated for a lot of these kids. And I think that's why they make some bad decisions.
0: Rob, I mean, in basketball, before they took the rule out about, you know, or put the rule in place where you have to go to college for a year, you can't jump straight to the NBA from the high school ranks. Were were numbers trending down in in that world? Or was it because of the Kobe Bryants and and enough people out there having success coming straight out of high school, Were, were those everybody buying that dream as opposed to the reality of some guys who never even got drafted or didn't make it.
1: I mean, I I'm, I'm, I could be wrong on this because I've, I've not looked it up, but I feel like it was coming down. I mean, I thought you had a few years where some guys made some really bad decisions or, you know, listened to some bad advice. and um, But also at the same time, that was such a small select group of, of people as, as opposed to what we're seeing with, with the trend. I mean, you're talking about it, you know, at, at most 10, 10 to 12 kids, a year, as opposed to hundreds and hundreds, and um, I, to me, I think it's gonna be a little. I think it's gonna be a little bit of a cautionary tale when, when you see the numbers of the kids who you know didn't get what they wanted out of it. But you know, I, I could be wrong, but I, I'll be surprised if, if this doesn't temper things somewhat.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I just wonder if it if it happens this year, if it takes another year because. So many kids made some blind decisions a year ago because of of not being able to take visits and and see places um, and and, and making those decisions, you know, sort of uninformed in a lot of ways in the way that they had to be recruited because of COVID. A lot of kids made decisions based on Zoom, not based on campus visits or or really getting kind of hands-on feel at all with the coaching staff. So let's talk about the other thing that Sankey mentioned that I, I thought was newsworthy on Monday. And that is games this fall will not be postponed due to COVID outbreaks. They will be forfeits. Translation, get your football vaccinated. vaccinated. He said that I think half of the league was at 80% in terms of their vaccination. There's another layer there, Austin, for a head coach to have to deal with. And I don't want to get political on the podcast, but we all know what some people believe and where some people's beliefs are in vaccinations, and, and some people's beliefs are not. Um, just another layer and another challenge for for coaches to, to try to you know to try to manage something else when, when you look at this. I mean, it, this is it's not over. I guess is what I'm saying, and and the commissioner made it very clear. Um, that that he's, that he's not, not postponing games. He, he's going to be, um, he's going to be. They're going to be forfeiting games. Yeah, I mean, you know, six
2: of the fourteen have got eighty percent vaccination. I mean, I, I'm I'm planning on asking Josh Apple in the morning, you know, or later this morning. Um, you know, is Tennessee one of those six? I would venture to say they're not. Um, you know, I but I, I do think that it's going to be fascinating because again, you can. I'm not sure you can really tell the kids they have to get vaccinated, even though you strongly encourage it. And most of these kids, you know, the the younger people aren't, you know, really getting sick from this. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You know, I I never got a flu shot when I was growing up. I'm not doing it. I mean, there are people like that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. So um, it's going to be fascinating to see how this goes down. Because I just I I said it on the board a few weeks ago. I, I fully believe it. I think Alabama, you know, you won't see them run into any kind of issues like the whole thing that. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what schools can get their kids to buy into this and whatnot. Because, like, if you think about, like, let's think about just, like, you know, let's, let's think about two names. And, and they all know they're my buddies, Caden Cooper. Like, and I don't know what their status is as far as vaccination. But my point, though, is is like for K, this is a contract year, whereas for Cooper, it's not. He's a you know, redshirt freshman or however you want to COVID year, whatever you want to call it. Like, but for K, he need, he needs to play. He needs to have a really good year. You know, so like you just wonder, like, does that affect how decisions are made with older guys that know they're going pro after this year that need to have a good year? Do they, do they go the vaccination route versus maybe they maybe wouldn't in a normal year, but because they need to be on the field, they do that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Rob, I think it's, I mean, isn't it easier for a team that, that's got playoff aspirations for a coach to go in and, and, and kind of sell it, you know, sell getting vaccinated um, as opposed to somebody who's not? I mean, I know some, some NFL coaches have gone and told their, their team, hey, I understand you don't want to get vaccinated, but the one thing that can keep you from winning the Super Bowl is the virus that nobody has control of. Um, so does it make a playoff team a playoff challenging championship challenging team? Is that an easier sell for a coach than it, than not? Or is this one of these things where by the time we get to, to August, most everybody on a football team in college football is going to be
1: vaccinated? I think it is an easier sell than the scenario you're talking about, but i I mean, I, I kind of think that. I would think that it would be an easy sell to, Hey, let's not get our, let's not get games canceled, you know, get on board. But you know, again, I don't want to, I, I don't want to turn it, turn down a political aid at all. So I think coaches are a tough spot. I think kids should want to get vaccinated for, for their teammates sake. So, you know, one kid who, you know, cause cause if one kid were to cause a breakout and cause you to forfeit a game, you know, I, I think that's pretty selfish, but you know, I, I just think it's a tough spot for coaches.
0: Does it help that that they saw it in baseball with, with, with the situation I, that happened? With the I would state? think so. Is that an easier sell for a coach? I mean, to, wouldn't you think? I, mean, I, I, mean, would, I would think, think so. You know, I mean, but but that that's just another layer that, that coaches are going to have to deal with um, and are having to deal with as all camps get started. Because, again, as, as Commissioner Sankey said, and I, I think everybody around the country, Austin, is going to be in the same boat. Nobody's going to go through the scrambles of trying to reschedule a bunch of games. I think it's going to be, hey, you know, you're, it's a forfeit if you can't get out there. So, um, I, again, I, I'm I want, I'm with you. I want to know where Josh Heupel's team is and, and how specific he'll get with the answer to that question uh, well, if he meets I, it, the media later today. Well, I mean, I'm really interested to see, like, you know, uh,
2: what, what what does your support staff do? What do your walk-ons do? Because, like, Brent, if you look up and. You know, a walk on gets it and then he contaminates a specific position group. You know, I mean, this isn't one of your scholarship guys. You know, I mean, like that, that. I mean, that, that to me is all interesting. You know, I mean, and, and then I, again, I've not studied it enough to know what the exact rules of how college football is going to be. I mean, you saw, you know, the Red Sox and Yankees get postponed the other night with players that had been vaccinated that got you know, that were tested positive, how does that work? I mean, is that something that, that, you know, is that going to be different for what they do in the SEC or college football? Um, to me, there's still a lot of different layers, you know, and then, you know, if, if you're an athletic director, do you walk in there and encourage all your athletes, you know, to get this done? Because let's face it, having a full stands in the fall to make up for some of that lost revenue last year matters. You The last thing you want to do is lose a home game because, you know, again, a couple of kids, you know, got it because they weren't vaccinated
0: yep no doubt and um again it's not just football i mean all your fall sports are going to have to deal with it because athletes are interacting now um in a lot of ways and um you know just another thing that coaches obviously have to deal with as uh we try to get back towards some sort of normalcy this fall uh but it's you know it's a it's a new normal because there, there are different things to deal with all right let's talk a little recruiting here uh, again we'll have full coverage of Josh Heupel and uh, Valus Jones and, and Alante Taylor's conversations with, with the media. We'll have full coverage of all that coming up later today. Uh, Austin, let's hit a couple of things in recruiting. Uh, it's going to open back up the last weekend. Uh, w- what's Tennessee looking to do there, you think? And, and kind of what do you got your eyeballs on in recruiting? I know you had the 3-2-1 on Monday. If anybody didn't read that, I thought that was a really good summation of what has happened. What do you got your eyes on what might be happening moving forward the next few weeks?
2: Well, Tennessee's going to try to have another barbecue-type, you know, cookout event thing on the 31st. So, the that's Saturday, um, the last Saturday of July. And so, uh, I know they're going to try to get, you know, Elijah Herring, Cam Miller, any of the commits, Taven Jackson, any of those commits to come in town if they can. They also understand that, like, you know, they're in the midst of – getting ready for their senior years and you just don't know what's going on with their local football teams. I mean, most kids aren't going to practice on Saturday, but no, you never know. Um, So we're going to try to get as many kids as in as they can. Addison Nichols is hoping to make it back in. Some 23s, Caleb Beasley out of of Lipscomb and a few others are hoping to be in that weekend um, to see Tennessee. But that's that's kind of where, you know, they're at. I mean, it it opens for five days um, and you'll see a few kids across the, you know, you know, each state or area or whatever that will go and do personal workouts for schools that maybe couldn't do it before. But uh, it, I think it, re- it will be relatively quiet outside of a couple of these type cookout-type uh, get-togethers that uh, like Tennessee's trying to put on.
0: All right, clear me up on a couple of rules. You can come in and have a personal private workout. You cannot have a camp. and You, cannot take, you cannot take an official visit unless you're, you're a transfer. Is that right? Or there's transfers out as well? I'm not sure about the transfers. You cannot take an
2: official visit if you're a if you're a high school kid okay. during the month of July, but you can come in for a personal workout. But you cannot have a camp. So, like Tennessee couldn't have a camp, Alabama couldn't have a camp, whoever. But a kid could go to Ole Miss and do a personal workout if if he needed to. So, um, that's kind of where that's at. Um, you know, with 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 that.
1: Okay. If you feel like those are here to stay? The workouts. I do.
2: Um, I, I think kids like them. You know, I'm not sure coaches do. I mean, coaches, I guess, do in some ways, but in certain ways, you'd like to go against other players to kind of, um, you know, they'll be here in some form or fashion. Do they, I, and I, again, I don't follow basketball recruiting enough. Do they do personal workouts for basketball?
1: Uh, I mean, it's kind of an open secret that they, when they come in for official visits, they usually play with the guys. They
0: just play. They just play pickup, right, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean I think coaches I think coaches like the personal workout because they can get right to what specific things they want to see with, with an individual. I think the downside for coaches is that you can't schedule those. You know, so everybody's got to basically be on call, you know, because if a kid drops in and swings through and yeah, coach, I will work out for you today, then all of a sudden you gotta get your film crew out there to video it. You got to get your equipment guys out there and you're in a bit of a scramble mode because it's hard to to pre-plan a lot of those because everybody's schedule is different. But I do think, Austin, that coaches do like the fact they can get right to the specific drills they, they want to do. Now, in some other cases, they probably want to see a kid compete. You know what I mean? Does he go first in line? Does he stay in the back of the line? You know, all that kind of stuff you're, you're evaluating as well that you can see during camps. But uh, I, I think for kids, they're, they're gonna they're going to stay in that private workout mode because I think they feel like, a, it doesn't kill their legs because it's not as long, and, and you could do you know you could do a couple a day if you wanted to, depending on what your travel schedule is like. So um, I, I do think that everybody's going to going to want them to stay, and I've not heard of anybody say, suggesting that. I mean, who's going to eliminate them? I mean, you, you got Mark Mark Emran and all uh, Rob this week, basically talking about decentralizing the NCAA and trying to put by put some of the responsibilities for. <clears throat> management and uh, even to to a degree punishment on conference commissioners, which I think is a fascinating potential development going down the road. But but what else is Mark Hemmer going to say? Because the NCAA is, is losing ground in terms of their teeth and their control over the management of college athletics seemingly daily.
1: Yeah, but and that you know that leads you to the next question about how does that affect, the obvious question is how does that impact you know this current investigation but you know i can't see i mean i just can't see that being affected do you i mean you think greg sankey's gonna slap alabama you know one of one of his cash cows with any kind of probation is going to cost the 13 other teams in the, in the league money when they start giving up you know playoff revenue I just, well
0: yeah i'm with you 100 i mean you got sankey on the record a year ago saying hey it's not my it's not my league it's it's the presidents and the the ADs and the coaches league, when he was talking about the one-time transfers, he, you know, y'all need to make a vote on it. Not, not me. I mean, y'all, I'm not making that decision. Y'all need to vote on it and decide. So uh, I don't know that a conference commissioner anywhere wants, wants to be forced into that kind of power where they're making, having to make those decisions on their individual member institutions. And um, again, I think that's another growing concern, uh, when, when you talk about, you know, the policing and management of college athletics, when you don't have a central body who's got the power to do that, and it, clearly the NCAA is losing that power, and Emmerich is almost surrendering that power publicly with some of the
1: comments that he's made over the course of the last couple of weeks. I mean, really, at this point in time, what's the NCAA doing besides running a couple of tournaments? It's in, in the spring. I mean, if they're
0: not. They're not getting. They're not getting investigations done in a prompt manner, for sure. Uh, they're not handing down punishments in those. Uh, they're. They're not making rulings on transfers anymore. Um, you know, you're right. I mean, that. I mean, you don't hear about clearinghouse issues anymore um, with with kids, or very rarely do you hear about that. There, there isn't a whole lot there that that's going on that they're managing. It, it feels like, and again, it feels like their management's getting. Reduced each and every day. All right, uh, as we wrap up the podcast here, Rob, let's let's do a couple of quick uh, hoop hitters here. Um, coaches on the, you know, coaches been out and, and evaluating. Well, Rick Barnes in the stands at a at a game on his birthday, hanging out, watching things. You got um, a couple of current players who have been competing for their countries. When does this team come back together? What's
1: the latest on on this current team? What's the latest in recruiting? I mean, the latest in recruiting is. I mean, I think you might see Tennessee. I mean, there might be something happen in August with Casey Wallace. That, that's one to watch. I think Tennessee's in a really good spot with him, and he's a guy that, uh, for people I've talked to, had a great has had a great week at the Peach Jam Nike's Big Tournament in Augusta. Did, um, did you drop the hubs fifty gift? Did, did that happen yet? No, it did not happen yet. Not, not, not not now. now, what
0: does he do? Get,
1: fill everybody in on who he is. Combo guard, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, can play a little point, can, can shoot it. Just super athletic, very, very competitive, really long, really versatile, can score, um, elite defender, uh, big guard, big-time athlete. And um, he went he went to August as a top-20 prospect. I think he might leave as a top-10, wow. maybe even top-5 prospect. Wow, wow. Big-time tournament for him, huh? Very much so. And, you know, and I think you're going to – I mean, he may be an extreme example, but I think you're going to see a lot of kids, you know, who, for instance, who weren't top 100 maybe or who were in the top 100 moving to the top 50 just because people are seeing them. So many different people are seeing them for the first time in a while. Coach Barnes was um, Tennessee's whole staff minus Justin Ganey. We're in Augusta on Friday. Coach Barnes joined Coach Ganey in Omaha, Nebraska on Saturday to see if a couple guys that played on the Adidas circuit. And then the entire staff – was in Augusta on Sunday and that's um Jason C- Wallace uh, Brandon Miller um, Stefano Jalen who Huch- Shafino who was here a couple weeks or a month ago for an official visit Deontay green who was here for an official visit uh, just a lot of a lot of targets there in both 22 and and I think this staff has a pretty firm board I mean you're gonna see some offers come out you know probably here and there um for, for guys that may one on the board but I, I think for this staff they they're especially I give and I, I give Mike Schwartz a lot of credit for this. They're they're really organized with a recruiting board. So I, I think that at this point in time, and for the past couple of years, they use July almost as much to look ahead to 23 and, and get those evaluations rolling, or not just 23, but the next year, whatever year that may be. And I think they're doing a lot of that.
0: 24. And then and then with the current team, Rob, everybody back together yet? Is that moving in that direction? Everybody's to be back at the end of the month. Is that kind of the plan right now?
1: Uh, yeah, they were they were all back last week, and I'm I am pretty sure I need to double check. I think Viscovi and is done with Uruguay. Um, I don't think there's anything else going on there. But they they were all back certainly last last week um, and working. You know, Folky's still working through his wrist, thing, I think there's pretty pretty much op, nothing but optimism that he's going to be back. You know, sometime in September, certainly early October, with, with no no issues. Josiah doing fine from the, his wrist surgery that he had. And Kennedy Chandler just is, is, is a guy that you just continue to hear a lot of buzz about. Yep. Yeah,
2: Hanjay uh, Thomas is supposed to be here in August. Is that right?
1: I think he's just going to show up and go to class, man. I don't think there's going to be a ceremony or a commitment. I mean, there, we might have a story on it, but that remains to be seen. That is, that is the way that one's looking.
0: Just, just going to roll in in August and, and go sit in
1: the classroom somewhere. Something made – they you know, something made you – know, Work out differently with that. that has been so quiet. I've I've had several people tell me that's that is how it's expected to go. Down.
2: Who who's driving him here? Edric Lofton, or <laughs> uh, or or
1: or, or Jackie short, Butler. Very short trip for him.
0: Our <laughs> our Gerald Williams, right? AP, one of those guys. Somebody. Um. So that that's kind of the latest going on in the hoops world. That's the latest going on in recruiting, and obviously the story of the the rest of the day today. Is Tennessee's appearance in Hoover, Alabama at SEC Media Days, and we'll have full coverage of that uh, throughout the rest of the day today. Plenty of recruiting coverage coming up. Rob continues with his um, opponent previews. Hope everybody's enjoying those. Positional previews will start in uh, just about a week or so as well. So Lots of stuff coming up to get you ready for the start of fall camp, and lots of continued coverage in recruiting. Both Two in weeks from today, Howard. Two weeks from today. 14 days from today, we're uh, heading to uh, the practice field for Josh Heupel's first fall camp and getting ready for his first full season or his first season at the University of Tennessee. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Water Climate Control Volquest.com podcast. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.